The housewife versus the career woman. The stay-at-home versus the working mom. I'm just gonna say it. There's tension between you two. Bam, it's out there. It's a divide that's well entrenched in pop culture. In movies and TV, the housewife is condescended to yet revered, the working woman is vilified yet admired. Yet today this divide is breaking down, and it's becoming clear that the binary was kind of invented and exaggerated in the first place, as we can see in insightful contemporary shows like Big Little Lies and Fleischman is in Trouble. You know, I always liked you. I just thought you didn't like me. Today, the split often falls along economic and class lines, since many families can't afford to have one parent not work. But since the pandemic, with remote and hybrid work becoming more common and daily expenses more unaffordable, women are embracing more fluidity in terms of whether they're working full-time, part-time, or moving in and out of the workforce. And it's exciting that this stay-at-home versus working binary is fading. For too long, women have been pigeonholed into these caricature-ish, loaded ideas of identity that prioritize capital and a social order over humanity and nuance. Here's our take on how the popular stay-at-home and working mom stereotypes are largely made up, and how pitting these categories against one another hurts women and feminism everywhere. Why do we need a mom's night out? How can we bear to admit that we're in a cage? We need to be liberated. In media and pop culture, we often see a dichotomy between the high-powered businesswoman and the housewife. The successful businesswoman is often viewed with awe and some fear, but she's also frequently portrayed as being lonely and sad in her personal life due to all she's had to sacrifice. Just imagine what they're gonna write about me. The dragon lady, the career-obsessed. Snow Queen drives away another Mr. Priestley. The housewife or stay-at-home mom is typically painted as wholesome, but pitied in a different way. There's a sense that her individual interesting life ended when she sacrificed all of that to have a family. My life can be very stressful, and I have found a way to cope with that stress. It's just such a great release. But neither characterization is fully true. Women don't suddenly lose their individual identity when they stop working a paid job, and mothers who prioritize career don't lack feeling or concern for their children. Keeping track of your kids from afar is not easier. Entrusting them to a stranger is not easier. The 2022 show Fleischman is in Trouble gives us a wake-up call to how both the working mom and stay-at-home mom are in trouble because they're not sufficiently supported by contemporary society. It's commenting on the age-old rivalry which has recently resurged on TikTok and media in general. I haven't been able to successfully get that balance between work and my life at home, and I feel so bad. And at first, the show, based on the 2019 novel by Taffy Broadesser Ackner, sets up the familiar tropes. Rachel is a working mom and is vilified as not a good mom or a good person because she works too much and is preoccupied with money and status. On the other end of the spectrum, there's the stay-at-home mom Libby, who's bored and feels the housewife life isn't a reflection of her full creative self. I miss longing. I miss desire, and it's not Adam. Both women are judged by their husbands, Rachel by her ex, Toby, because she doesn't put her family first, and Libby by her husband, Adam, because she's not satisfied with their privileged life. How was your day in the actual world? You didn't miss anything. Real world is highly overrated. How was everything here in paradise, huh? Libby, who happens to be one of Toby's oldest friends, initially sees Rachel through Toby's eyes as a cold, money-obsessed egocentrist. Was it 
being a total <laughs> Wow. Elizabeth, uh, maybe. I hated her. I mean, I, 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 can I, can I say that? But as the show goes on, we see that the story is, as Inku Kang writes in The New Yorker, about ditching the cliches. We eventually empathize with Rachel as we learn more about her unconventional childhood, traumatic delivery of her first child, and difficult postpartum experience. We also see how much she loves her career, as well as how hard she's had to work to make it, a struggle her ex-husband never had to go through due to his gender and comfortable upbringing. I choose money over everything. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I choose, I choose safety over everything. The only reason you can't see that is because you've always had those things. Fleischman states that it's just a fact being a working mom is harder because it's literally two full-time jobs. The culture was so condescending to stay-at-home mothers that we allowed them the fiction that being a mother was the hardest job in the world. Well, it wasn't. Having an actual job and being a mother is the hardest job in the world. Years of constant striving lead Rachel to a nervous breakdown. I haven't heard from you in three weeks. Meanwhile, Libby is fighting against an equally powerful cultural caricature of the stay-at-home mom, someone whose life is comfortable but feels inconsequential, repetitive, and small. Libby looks back nostalgically on her college days because, back then, she was a writer seeking exciting adventures. In the end, the way that both Rachel and Libby's stories find resolution is through softening their differences. Libby is the one who listens to Rachel's story and comes to see her in a more nuanced light. There are no real villains in life, not really. There are no real heroes either. Reactions to the show also illustrate that many real women feel like they're both a Rachel and a Libby in some ways. Why do you have to choose? in the first place. Like, why are you choosing at all? Like Rachel, they may feel too stressed, overextended, and running on a hamster wheel to keep up with the Joneses. And like Libby, they may feel they have lost touch with some deeper selfhood. Big Little Lies, another series about affluent moms, similarly exposes this working versus stay-at-home mom divide, only to reveal how fabricated and unnecessary it is. In the end, being mothers brings these women together in a far deeper way than their current work status separates any of them. If she hadn't tried to take on so much alone, you know, she wouldn't have unraveled, so. She hasn't unraveled. She's a single mom and a widow with two kids. She's done a damn good job. And in reality TV since 2006, the Real Housewives series has inadvertently led the way on breaking down the housewife versus working woman binary in our cultural consciousness. Breakout Housewives stars like Bethany Frankel weren't actually housewives. Frankel wasn't even married at the start. And by now, none of the women are really housewives, as they're getting paid substantial figures to be on the show and frequently using it to pitch their own products. Meanwhile, the the explosion of the mommy blogosphere has ushered in the professionalization of the stay-at-home mom. These influencers reflect blurred lines where more women may be spending more time with family without leaving the professional world. And the truth is, moms across the board are feeling more demands from their family. Stats say that even full-time working moms today spend more time with their kids than stay-at-home moms did in the 60s. Moms with busy schedules know how hard it can be to make time for healthy, delicious meals, but with Factor, consider it handled. Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Whether that's taking care of the kids or taking on the world, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and enjoy. 
Skip the schlep to the grocery store and the chopping, prep work, and cleanup of cooking. Plus, save money on delivery dinners. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but the meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery, so you can put the time and money towards planning your spring break instead. Speaking of vacation, look and feel your best in time for warmer weather with Factor's calorie smart meals, around 550 calories or less. Factor has meals prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, so each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. And trying out new lifestyles like going vegan, vegetarian, or keto is a snap with Factor. With 34 delicious weekly options, there's always something new to try. Enjoy meals for any time of day with breakfast options like egg bites, smoothies, and more. Plus, replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons. So what are you waiting for? Get Factor and enjoy yummy, clean eating without the hassle. Head to factormeals.com slash thetake50 and use code thetake50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code thetake50 at factormeals.com slash thetake50 to get 50% off your first box. While many feel unsatisfied and or overwhelmed choosing either the housewife or working mom lifestyle, trying to do both can also be a trap. I have two lives and I don't have time to enjoy either one of them. Fleischman basically argues that they are two sides of the same coin in our modern capitalist society. At first, we're led to think Fleischman's story is about Toby. The narrator Libby becomes obsessed with Toby's apparently newfound power and freedom after divorce from his crazy type A working wife. Lately I couldn't stop thinking about Toby, on his dates, coming home alone, coming home with someone. I didn't have a thing for him and I didn't want to be divorced, it's that Toby's life was no longer predictable. But Toby's character is actually what actress Lizzie Kaplan called Trojan horse for a story about women. Lizzie's obsessed with Toby's freedom because she feels like she has lost her freedom and her power after giving up on advancing her career in a male-dominated field. I can't believe how briefly I held that power and how quickly I gave it away. Rachel and Libby are both dissatisfied and unhinged by the lack of support and understanding for their full humanity not only by their seemingly progressive husbands, but also by our society. So any animosity between the Rachels and Libby's of the world is what psychoanalysts call narcissism of small differences, hypersensitivity to perceived minor differences between actually similar people. You probably know more about them than I do. Driving alike people to scuffle with each other over false differences helps blind them to shared systemic problems, such as the commodification of everything, wealth inequality, and the normalization of profit before people. Children are a crushing responsibility. Happy birthday. So what if moms didn't have to feel constantly on the verge of a breakdown? What if the U.S. joined other countries in improving support for and access to maternal leave, reproductive care, and care work in general? Today's media is getting better at exploring more of the nuances of motherhood, as well as modern issues moms are facing. There's still lots more to portray, though, about what a robust care work focus would actually look like. Care work is defined by sociologist Ido Peng as work and relationships that are necessary for the health, welfare, maintenance, and protection of all people, young and old, able-bodied, disabled, and frail. Whether it's burping your baby or charging a $150 copay to patients, this is all care work that sustains life. But because capitalist economies do not prioritize work that it deems unprofitable, many people, be they new moms caring for their newborn or daughters caring for their aging parents, find their work insufficiently supported or valued. I've given 
everything I have to this job, and I love it. I do. But I can't dump my family at a moment's notice anymore. We see how the devaluation of care work leads not only to mom struggles, but to loneliness among the elderly. Older people being pushed into retiring later and overall uncertainty about care. It makes the very basic processes of life, birth, childhood, again and death, fraught with anxiety. In light of these issues, people are looking for new ways to form communities. Dutch students are living rent-free for socializing with the elderly, co-housing communities are helping to prevent social isolation, and some cultures continue intergenerational household living as it's existed for thousands of years. To help circulate these ideas, we need more media to explore different forms of care work. We need more shows and movies where the absence of care, whether it be for the baby, the wife, the community member, or the grandfather, is explored. Real-life moms are sharing more, and it's time to come together about the shared problems facing all of us.